today, just like every other time, I always say, wow, we have the coolest guests, but I'm just going to say when Johanna and I decided to do this podcast, we, we sat together and we were, we were thinking, wow, we want to, you know, we want to meet people that we are dying to meet. We want to talk about places that we love to hang out and, and at the top of our list was Santa Fe Brewing Company. So Johanna sent out an inquiry and we got our guest today, um, Brian Locke, who is the boss over at Santa Fe Brewing, which is the, if I, as I understand, the largest and the oldest brewery in the state of New Mexico. Am I correct, Brian? Yes, you are correct. So we're so excited because we love to hang out at your place all the time and we drink your beer. So thank you for being our guest. Thank you for the support. I'm glad to hear that you enjoy our place. Yeah, I thought about, um, what am I going to tell him? What's my favorite? And I thought, no, we'll talk about that later. But we just, just as always, first of all, I'm Bunny Terry, and I am joined by my co-host and producer, Johanna Medina, Brian Locke of Santa Fe Brewing Company is our guest today. And as always, Brian, we just start, I, I could read your bio. I've read a bunch of articles. I've read a bunch of your interviews, but I think the coolest thing is for people to hear your story. What's your New Mexico story? How did you end up here? And what are you doing with your days now? Well, um, let's see, where should I start? Let's, uh, let's start with the passion of beer. So, um, you know, growing up in Portland, Oregon as a youngster um, and witnessing a lot of the craft beer movement uh, in Portland, um, it was very intriguing for me, so um, I um, actually uh, ventured into trying to homebrew in high school, which definitely wasn't the most um, accepted thing for, uh, from my parents' perspective, but um, they allowed me to do it, so that was that was a good first step in, in the rest of, of how things unfolded. So um, I, I dabbled a little bit with the homebrewing thing in high school. I did it during the summers. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the industry. It just intrigued me. And I think the, the biggest thing that intrigued me was at the time, Full Sail Brewing in Portland was one of the first breweries that opened. And so I remember going into the grocery stores and seeing, you know, all the major domestic beer that everybody sees all the time. And then all of a sudden you see this random product that's, you know, made locally. And, um, you know, it just it's intriguing and it has, uh, you know, roots and it's local. And so I really thought that was a neat thing. And, um, I decided that was kind of what I wanted to pursue back in the day and kind of continued that thought process, um, all the way through, uh, college. I went to school in, um, in Dallas at SMU and, um, during that time continued to brew a little bit, but, um, not so much, but definitely kept the the passion and the goal for trying to open a brewery is, is kind of my career goal. And uh, I met a gentleman there who was from Las Vegas, New Mexico, and um, Carlos Muller, and he and uh, he and I became pretty close friends. And he uh, he knew that I wanted to start a brewery when I was in college, and so we graduated. I went back to Portland and worked at a brewery uh, up in Portland called Norwestern uh, for a little while. Um, and kept in touch with Carlos, and uh, he, about six months after being back up in Portland in the middle of 1995, he called me up and said, hey, I know you want to start a brewery, Santa Fe's the place. And um, I said, oh, 
okay. Uh, he said, there, you know, it's a great town. There's not a brewery there yet. It's, um, you know, of, of any significance, I should say, because their Santa Fe brewing existed. But, um, you know, certainly there was more room, I think, in the, in the market. So, um, you know, I, I kind of said this is my opportunity. Portland was pretty saturated at the time with breweries, and I figured, you know, no time like the present to move and, and uh, start my dream. So I moved down to New Mexico in the middle of 95. Um, and by the early part of 96, had met Santa Fe Brewing Company's founder, Mike Levis, and his son, Ty, um, and uh, another acquaintance of Carlos uh, Dave Forrester. So the four of us negotiated and Bought the brewery from Mike Levis, who founded it in 1988. So we bought it in 96. Um, and myself and the three partners moved the brewery from Galisteo out to um, Dinosaur Trail, which we were located from 97 until 03. And then in early 03, I bought out my three partners um, uh, very amicably. Uh, I'll add, I'm still friends with, with all of them. So um, it wasn't like a hostile takeover. Um, which was uh, which was nice. So it was a very pleasant experience. Um, you know, they were ready to move on and, and pursue other goals and passions. And I think we're tired of making like ten dollars an hour. And so they're like, let's get a real career. Um, so I was the one who's like, oh, you know, I think I can take this thing and run with it. I want to. I want to still pursue it. So. Fortunate enough to get an SBA loan, uh, bought out my partners, got some extra capital for some capital equipment purchases, um, moved over to our current location here on Fireplace and um, pursued the purchase of, of the bridge, which is our music venue now. Um, and the property included water rights, which um, I'll add in. I think that's one of the most um, unique uh, parts of our brewing process because there's not a lot of breweries that use uh, 100% natural well water for their brewing water. Most um, maybe don't have the opportunity to do that, but uh, most of the time, if you're using water to brew with, you want to put it through an RO system, reverse osmosis, just to remove the chlorine and the fluorides and all the things they add to the water. So um, one of the things I think I'm uh, very proud of and uh, why I think our beer is so so good is because we use natural um, well water. So that was really what what was exciting about pursuing the property we are on now is because it came with commercial water rights. So we do continue to brew all our beer with, um, with the well water. Um, and uh, in 2005, I built um, what, uh, what now is uh, kind of what I call the hot side, the brew house side. Um, and then uh, released cans or launched cans uh, in 2010. So we were kind of one of the, definitely the first in New Mexico to launch cans, but probably also the, you know, the, the first wave, I'll say, of craft breweries that got into canning the beer. I feel like we were in that first wave, um, which I think was really important for New Mexico, uh, just to be able to have a local product that's so portable uh, that you can take anywhere, that you can camp, that you can bike, you can ski, you can go anywhere. You don't have to worry about glass and breakage. And it's it's just a much better vessel, I think, in general. So um, pursued that in 2010, uh, launched those cans and noted at the time um, that, you know, it, 
it became so popular and grew so fast that uh, I looked around and said, I don't have enough room or capacity to keep up with the demand that's occurring. So in 2012, I started pursuing some of the land that was adjacent to the brewery here and was fortunate enough to uh, purchase um, uh, about a three and a half acre lot that was adjacent to the brewery. So um, the total acreage that we now sit on is about eight acres. Um, and the, I, the idea and the vision was to build something that I would not have to add on to in the future because I had experienced the growth and I had witnessed uh, how difficult it is to continue to build out a production facility. And so I really tried to make it a point to go maybe at that time over the top or much bigger than maybe I needed, um, which I think was the best decision I made looking back at it now because I have plenty of space and plenty of warehouse and brewing capacity. And um, so in 2015, I started building um, two warehouses that are on site that are the packaging halls um, in 2016 late we commissioned our new canning line um, which we just recently upgraded in April to 300 cans a minute so it's a very fast efficient machine now which is very exciting uh, and then in 2018 started building out the new tap room that we currently are in um, and then of course we opened it in December of 2019 so Three months before the pandemic, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, and and now uh, you know, 2022. This has been a great year so far. Um, you know, we, we finally have been able to utilize all of the the beer garden space, and uh, I feel like people have discovered our place here that may have not known it existed. Um, and I think that's you know, larger part due to word of mouth, but also. Um, you know, just having a destination type um, space in Santa Fe, I think, is really nice for the community and tourists. And um, so, I feel very uh, happy this year that we're 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 back into more of a normal state of, of things. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful space. I love that headquarters um, location. I mean, you have you have tap rooms all over the place. I live in El Dorado, so I go to the El Dorado tap room. At least once a week, I have to admit. And then you have breaker room in town, and um, and then tap rooms in Albuquerque and all over. They're they're all great, and they're all kind of unique. I think to the area. That's what I love about um, each tap room. But um, headquarters is awesome. That's the outdoor space, and like it's actually kid friendly because I have a two year old. I'm like, well, I take my kid there, and it's it's fun for everybody. Yes. Well, and I, you just reminded me of something because you, we talk a lot here about um, landscape, you know, what, what, where you are physically um, in New Mexico. And you just reminded me of something when I, I, you don't know this, Brian, but I was diagnosed with cancer, with stage four colon cancer in November of 2012. And then in March of 2013, I went to Houston and had surgery. And after that, you know, because I had part of my liver removed, I couldn't drink. But when I was coming home from a, a, a checkup that I had down there, I don't think Johanna even knows this. I was on the road driving from Klein's Corners and 
I realized that Todd Snyder, who's one of my favorite musicians, was going to be at the bridge. And I thought, this may make me cry. I thought, I want to see Todd Snyder. And I just got this amazing checkup six months after my surgery. And I'm going to the bridge to see Todd Snyder. I couldn't drink then because I was still recovering from this liver surgery. But I stood at the bridge and watched Todd Snyder. And then Johanna and I, you know, we've been to see Hayes Carl. I can't even name all the people we've been to, you know, James McMurtry. You can kind of tell what my taste is. But then <laughs> we moved over to what you, I think, did you call it the hot spot, the second building? Yeah, we created? call it HQ here. Um, yeah. yeah, well, and, and, and so it's just that space where you've had Santa Fe Brewing is you know, it's sort it's our space. It's I feel like it's one of the places where I recovered. So I want to oh. thank you for it. It's so cool. Anybody who hasn't been there needs to go tomorrow. <laughs> That's great. I like the story. Thanks for sharing. I'm curious too because I've done yeah. before COVID when uh, they were doing tours and everything at head, at the headquarters in the the brewing space. They talked a lot about um, kind of the the local. I don't know how to put it. Like the resources that were used to to that are used to brew at Santa Fe. Um, is there anything in your opinion that makes uh, brewing in New Mexico uh, unique or very like special? Is something about the terrain or the land that makes it better for the hops? I don't know. I'm not an expert, obviously. I just like to drink it. But what is your what are your thoughts on the, the location and brewing in New Mexico? Well, I, I think the market of, of the industry of craft brewing in New Mexico um, has really elevated the whole quality of everybody's uh, product. So um, one of the things I really appreciate is the, uh, the amount of really good beer that all of the breweries are really creating. So I, it's, it's creating this kind of uh, destination um, place in the U.S. where, you know, a lot of people think of, New Mexico and they think of art and they think of food and they think of culture um, and maybe they don't think that much of, of breweries or wineries but I think that in the last really 10 years we've come just so far with our quality and the amount of breweries that have opened and so now we're really I think um, seen uh, across the country as a as also a beer destination, a place to go and, and you know, try all the different beers because there's just a, a lot of people making really good beer here. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I've always, uh, you know, not always, I should say, um, I'd say within the last five years or so, started to realize that I needed to put my ego aside and not brew beer that I wanted to drink because it's not about me, but I wanted to brew beer that New Mexicans wanted to drink because that's the core market, right? That's our backyard. Those are the people we brew beer for. So um, that's a difficult thing to do from a brewery's perspective because a lot of times, you know, a brewmaster and the brewers will have a certain style that they really like and they want to brew that beer because they really like it. And I understand that. But in reality, we're not brewing beer for ourselves, we're brewing beer for the community and the people. So really what I think we've done is listen to those people, listen to our community and try to really make beer and brew beer that is, you know, that is uh, kind of what the, the people here in New Mexico like, 
the flavor profiles they like. Um, and to your point, Bunny, the, um, the landscape and the packaging and the colors and, you know, all of that comes into play when we come out with a new product. And so I think it's, um, I, I feel blessed to live in such a beautiful place. Um, it's, it's awesome weather and, and great people and uh, great community here. And um, it's, uh, you know, I, I like it as much now as I did when I first started. So it's, 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 um, I feel lucky to be in that position. Yeah. Which one is your favorite right now? Which of your beers is your favorite? <laughs> Uh, right now, Oktoberfest, um, which is our seasonal <laughs> fall beer, um, that's probably my favorite seasonal that we do. Um, I look forward to the fall every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, because fall also is our busiest you know, festival time because there's so many events around the state and the weather's usually really nice. And yeah. um, the Oktoberfest, that Martin style beer just is really good this time of yeah year. that one's my favorite too but if it's not a seasonal time um i love the new um nmx standard that's like another and that's the oh, can is so pretty i would i kind of want to know what the story is behind that the design on that can because it has you know, the outline of the state and the sunset i don't know i don't know if we have time to go into that but i do love that can and that design i have the shirt even <laughs> i think well we do well, because well, and I, I, we got to talk about that. And then we have to talk about how, you know, I mean, Happy Camper, that packaging mm-hmm. is, is so iconic for New Mexicans. And I, and when people yeah. are, who are away yeah. see it, they're like, I got, I have to have a six pack. So I'd love to talk about how you, who, who does your packaging. Oh, thank you. Cause it's all yes. brilliant. Um, well, the New Mexico standard. So that was a beer that we, um, identified kind of, uh, that we wanted to come up with a product that could everybody could drink and that was kind of made for anyone and everyone didn't matter if you like beer didn't like beer only like domestic beer um we were kind of trying to create a badge of new mexico honor of something you could hold in your hand if you were a new mexican and you were proud and it was you know the can reminded you of the place you are and um and so that's where it kind of derived from. And, and I think there's been a couple um, instances where we've followed other successful breweries in the country. And a little bit of the modeling behind the New Mexico standard was based on some of the other breweries that we've seen around the country that have created a brand that really is made for their own local community. So um, in our case, we were like, we're, we're only selling this beer in New Mexico. We're not sending it out of state. This is special. This is just for New Mexico. Um, and that's, you know, how we kind of came up with the, um, the the brand. And then, you know, fortunately, my graphic designers, um, my, my wife's brother owns an ad agency graphic designer uh, in Kansas City called Behemoth. Um, so he's done our packaging and our marketing and our advertising and a lot of our social media for really the past two decades. Um, so he's really familiar with the brand. He knows where we're coming from. And he's the one who created the New Mexico standard kind of imagery on that can. It's in, as well as the Happy Camper. That, that was Happy Camper IPA was his first, um, you know, really design of a can and a package back in 2010. But, um, you know, most recently he did the New Mexico standard. So uh, it, it was lucky that I had 
a very talented uh, graphic designer, kind of in the family, so to speak. Um, uh, he's he's really good at what he does, and he's a great writer also. So all of the, um, I don't know if you ever read the little I captions love that. on yeah. the cans. <laughs> That's my favorite thing uh, to read with so, the cans, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so those are those are all his, um, you know, he's, he's just a really good writer, and he gets our brand, and, you know, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We, we like, you know, to have fun and, and you know, he, he gets that. So he does a good job for us. That's awesome. So I'm curious about whether, uh, are you, I mean, if somebody, because we have listeners, we hope, <laughs> that are from everywhere in the country, are can people pick up your beer out of, out of state, elsewhere? Where do, where do you probably sell the most out of state? And how do they find you? So, so we're regional now, and uh, we distribute to every state that touches New Mexico, uh, except for Oklahoma. We were in Oklahoma. We just pulled out last year, mostly for logistics. But um, so, yeah, Arizona, Texas, Colorado, um, a little bit of Utah. Uh, those are those are bigger out-of-state markets um, that you can find our beer. Um, you know, aside from New Mexico standard, you know, um, like I said, we kind of keep that one here um, for the New Mexican. So uh, we, we, we actually made a decision about eight years ago to start bringing our market a little bit closer to our state and focusing more on New Mexico rather than starting to go further out. Um, we were in nine states back in 2015, and now we're in five. So we've really kind of squeezed our market down and I feel like it was a really good decision because we focused all our efforts here. Um, and, you know, honestly, um, selling beer here is much better margins than selling it across state lines. Cause you've got freight and you've got sales reps that you have to hire and there's a lot of support systems. And, um, with everybody being Uber local now and always wanting to find the local product, it's, it's just that much more important to really have our roots here. Yeah, I love that. States. Plus, it makes it that much more unique. Like when I have friends that come out in from out of state, I'm like, okay, we got to go to Santa Fe and you got to try these things and, you know, take a six pack home with you because this is where you're going to get it. But yeah, I, I, I feel like we're really lucky to have the brewery here and it just, it's so good. <laughs> and tell us, um, I'm sure you guys uh, have won some awards um, for what you're brewing. I'd love to hear about that. Sure. Uh, so the Great American Beer Festival is probably the one that most people uh, know um, in terms of beer competitions. It's always up in Denver every fall. Um, so our Nut Brown Ale won a medal there, but it was probably in 1997, so it was a long time ago. Um, we won a uh, medal up there for a creek, which was a it's a barrel aged sour, um, and I think we won that in 2008. Um, and then the other competition that's pretty popular is the World Beer Cup, um, and that's more of an international competition. Uh, that we uh, we have the state pet porter that, that won a medal um, at the World Beer Cup. Um, we also had the, the uh, Creek or a barrel aged beer win, uh, win a World Beer Cup medal for that as well. Um, a lot of our, I would say, accolades are, are you know, locally um, 
kind of uh, oriented, you know, with the state fair, they have kind of a whole competition. So we won a lot of medals for a lot of different beers at the state fair. Um, and there's, uh, let's see, there's, there's just kind of really some random competitions all over the country that you could send beer to. Um, but I feel like at this point, Santa Fe Brewing's established enough. People know our brands. People know the product well enough that um, I don't feel it's as important to win medals. For me, I would rather have, um, you know, the population of New Mexico embrace a certain style. And if that's what they like, then I'm happy because that's what they're drinking. So it, to me, it's not necessarily what the judges think is the best. It's more about what the people think is the best. Well, that's kind of why I thought about this. I read about the State Fair Awards, and I thought that's the cool thing. I mean, Johanna was at the State Fair yesterday. I mean, that's us. That's our peeps. So Yeah, and the fact that you get that, like you you really honor that and respect that, like this is a New Mexico beer. We want New Mexicans to like it. So that's awesome. Yeah, so what's your favorite thing other other than Santa Fe Brewing? What's your favorite thing about living here? Uh, well, I mean, I mean the weather's... I grew up in Portland, so, uh, you know, growing up in the gray and the rain and then coming out here, is, it's, it's really nice to be in the sunshine. So the weather I really love. I love the outdoors and all the things that it has to offer here. Um, the, uh, you know, the size of New Mexico in terms of population is a really great size because, you know, I never feel like I'm in traffic or in a hurry to get somewhere and there's a delay or something it just um, that's really nice um, and then you know the people here the, the diversity the culture the um, you know and, and a lot of people have moved here from other places but I feel like you know if you're if you're coming here you know you belong here um, and if you, if you figure out the first six months that you don't like it then you don't belong um, so <laughs> Uh, and I've embraced the idea of being here, and I, I really enjoy it. So it's, it's just great. There's so many things to offer in terms of, uh, you know, Carlsbad Caverns. I, I spent Thanksgiving four years ago with my family down at the first time I've been to Carlsbad Caverns, and it's just amazing. So to know that that's that close to, you know, Santa Fe, and, um, yeah, just the, it's, there's just so much to offer here. Yeah. Is it different than you thought it was going to be? Like when you lived in Portland, is it really different? Um, I, yeah, definitely different. Um, you know, just the the overall uh, mentality of uh, of the people, I think, is different here. Um, you know, it's truly like uh, nobody seems to be in a real rush, <laughs> which I kind of like. Uh, whereas maybe up in Portland, where I grew up, it seemed like a lot more people were like driven to go do something really fast and they have to get some work quick and they drink more coffee. And they, you know, it's just, it's just much faster. And so I really enjoy the kind of more calm, um, you know, land of Mignon. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. That's so funny. Yeah. So what's next for Santa Fe Brewing? What's coming up? You got any new plans? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you live in El Dorado, so, the tap house we're expanding yeah, that. Excited. I don't know if you were aware. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's kind of one of the bigger projects on our on our plate right now is to finish that uh, build out of that tap room. Um, we've also, 
you know, explored opening tap rooms in other parts of the state. Um, Las Cruces in particular is one that we've looked at quite a bit. Uh, we were we were on the path to open something right before the pandemic, and obviously that kind of um, you know kind of delayed that idea. So um, I think there's 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 no concrete plans at this time, but you know there's definitely discussions around um, additional tap room openings, and those would maybe be west side of Albuquerque, might be Las Cruces. These are just some of the places that we're um, kind of exploring as the next potential spot. Um, and then, uh, you know, we I think you probably are aware um, of the legislation that changed in New Mexico in July, where distilleries and breweries are now um, able to serve each other's products at their tap room. So, that was kind of a big deal for us because now we're able to offer spirits um, at the headquarters here. Um, we offer them at both our locations in Albuquerque, Tin Can Alley, and Green Jeans. And um, this will be uh, nice for you, Joanna, uh, that we are offering spirits at the uh, Tap House once we do our expansion. Nice. So that'll be another, another place where we offer those. And uh, there are discussions now uh, applying for our own distiller's license and coming out with our own spirits. Oh, wow. Own. That's exciting. Yes. That is exciting. Yeah. That's, exciting. That's awesome. And what a cool law. I mean, I, I mean, what a great idea. The legislature. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you were part of the lobbying effort for that, but that was, what a relief that they changed those laws. Don't you think? Oh yeah. No, it's, it's great to be able to support other local, producers and uh, we've had the reciprocity with wineries for a number of years which was great so we could always serve local wines at our places but now that they open it up to spirits it's uh, yeah it's a, it is a great thing and, and it's really just supporting all other local local products which is which is really nice and what about events you have something coming up at the headquarters right yeah October fiesta. Yeah, that's October 1st and uh, 2nd. I believe it's two days this year. Um, we uh, it's it's kind of one of our um, initiatives this year that we uh, that we're starting. It's called 4NM, the number four and then NM. Um, so it's four events that we do um, here at headquarters. Um, we try to do one in the each season. So fall, summer, spring, winter. Um, the fall event is October Fiesta, but they're all um, meant to raise uh, money for nonprofits and charities. Um, and so, and they they target specific, um, you know, uh, businesses or, or nonprofits or, or whatever. Each event is, is different. Um, so we did one earlier this spring called Spring Runoff, um, and that uh, we raised money for uh, the Santa Fe Watershed, um, that was more geared towards uh, resources in New Mexico, resources here in Santa Fe, protecting you know the forest, things like that. Um, and then we did uh, another event in July um, that was a summer event, um, and that you know supported uh, culture and education in New Mexico. So um, you know, putting more of our funds in. in uh, raising money for education and um, culture, and then this uh, this fall we have October Fiesta. Um, in the past, we've typically 
let our fans decide which charities or nonprofits that we decide to support. Um, so I think we'll do that again this year. Um, in the past, we've had um, the Humane Society. Um, we've had uh, it's kind of just whatever the fans kind of feel like um, is you know is their passion. So uh, and then the last one of the year is, is in the winter. It's kind of our Christmas tree decorating contest kind of drive. And so uh, those are the four events every year that we try to to give back to the community and, and support them. Nice. I've been to all of those, so <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that that will continue. <laughs> I love it. I love the yeah. events there. And when, uh, so how does that work? I'm, I, I think I went to one in maybe the summer, but what's, what's the time frame and, and how does it look? I mean, if you were, if you'd never attended, what would it look like? It's a pretty, well, I mean, they, they have been much, uh, I think more well attended than we anticipated. Um, so the spring runoff was really the first time we had opened up the whole property to be able to walk from the headquarters at the beer garden over to the bridge where we had events. And so we had the parking lot kind of closed where the whole, I'm going to call it a campus, um, was open. Uh, so you could really go anywhere. And I think that's kind of the difference between, you know, our normal operations of, you know, what might be happening out here. Those are big deals. They're big events. And we really try to make them unique and that you can kind of explore the whole place. Well, I'm going. Are you, Johanna? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Already on my calendar. Of course. Of course. So we'll look you up and drink a beer with you, Brian. Can we do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Yeah, We'd I'll love that. So I have to tell you that my husband, who is not necessarily a beer drinker, has now everywhere we go, but this happened at the annex in Logan not very long ago, he said, you guys have social hour on tap, right? And we're like, no, but he said, we'll get it. So <laughs> he's a huge social hour fan. So yeah, you want another fan. Awesome. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah that is. That's a, yeah, that's one of the interesting things that, um, I think I was just uh, meeting with my VP of sales and he brought up the fact that um, brands that we've launched in the last five years, one of which includes Social Hour, um, represent 72% of our total sales. So I think what that kind of tells me and tells us is, you know, you got to continue to innovate. you got to come continue to come up with new and exciting brands because people's you know, tastes change and they evolve and they want something new and different. So uh, and that's another reason I think that we've been successful is that we've never relied on sticking to a particular product just because we like it and we think it's good. We, we know that we have to, to come up with new exciting things to keep the consumers yeah. engaged. Well, it's working, so keep it up. <laughs> yeah, we love it. We love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you so much. Oh yeah. Ahead, yeah. No, no, no. It's just, this is so much fun to have this conversation, but you know, now I want to have a beer and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Brian, for being here. And we're going to, we're going to link folks. I know that if there's anybody in the world who hasn't heard of Santa Fe Brewing, they're going to, they're going to find the links on the, podcast and um and we'll see them all at october fiesta right yep. <laughs> right yeah thank you very much for
for having me on. It's been a, it's, it's been fun. It's really it's been, been fun great to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you soon. And um, to everybody else out there, thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening and for liking, finding us first wherever you find a podcast, and for liking, reviewing, and subscribing. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Back in